This is Jerry McGee. Appreciate you listening in. And we are on the radio the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8. So invite your friends. And so welcome and appreciate you listening in. If I can be of service to you, just email me at jerrymcgee, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E, at sbcglobal.net. And um, so, and if you'd like prayer at the end of this program. If you want personal prayer, you can call in to 646-595-78, I'm sorry, 4784, and don't forget to press 1. That's 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. We appreciate you listening in. And tonight's message is on adultery. And sexual sin And so I'm going to begin with prayer Father in the name of Jesus We come before your throne And we thank you for your word That's forever settled in heaven We thank you that you watch over your word To perform it Thank you Lord that you sent your word to heal us Thank you Lord Jesus That you are the living word of God And Lord we give you praise, honor, and glory We present our bodies to you Lord As a living sacrifice We offer up to you our members As instruments of righteousness We give you our will, Lord Jesus, that your will might prevail. Lord, we just pray tonight that I be a blessing to each person who listens in. I pray, Lord, that every person that's in bondage to a sexual sin or physical, uh, spiritual adultery, that those, those demonic strongholds will be broken. I ask you, Lord, to flow out of me, flow through me, and touch the lives of every person who hears this message in Jesus' name. And thank you that we've been raised to sit with you, Lord, in heavenly places for above principalities and powers. And we take our seat in the heavenly places and we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us or anyone who listens to this message. Uh, in Jesus' name, you're bound. We bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual, witchcraft ritual, ritual spoken over us. In the name of Jesus, over Dorothy, her family, me, my family, and those who are listening in to this message. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray a special covering of warrior angels over us and over President Trump. 
and over all of his allies to boomerang back on the enemy every curse and assignment sent against us, not to kill him, hurt him, harm him, but so they'll fear God and turn away from evil. Well, this teaching is on physical adultery and also spiritual adultery. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, I believe that I read a sur- uh, survey in the last few years that there was that 60% of church members thought nothing of uh, shacking up. And then also the church today in America is pretty sick because very few places are they teaching repentance. Uh, very few places are they teaching that without holiness, no man's going to see the Lord. Very few places are they teaching repentance. You know, the scripture says the teaching of the wise is the tree of life that one might avoid the snares of death. And so because of spiritual adultery in the church, you know, to explain that, you know, we know the definition of adultery is when a married man has sex with a married woman or uh, with a woman that's not his, that, that's married to another man. But spiritual adultery is when we make a covenant, uh, when we receive Jesus, we're making an, we're making a covenant um, to be his holy bride. And we're going to be the bride of Christ. Men and women will be the bride of Christ. And so when our hearts go after other lovers, we commit spiritual adultery. And, you know, we basically, spiritual adultery is having other gods before him. It's loving anything more than we love him. And, of course, we know what we love more than him when we get angry, when we don't get it. Or if we have it, we fear we'll lose it. Or if we don't have it, we fear we won't get it or we get depressed. And we, you know, where we would never think of worshiping a Buddha, we worship expectations that we have of other people. And because uh, the scripture says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is idolatry. So every sin is idolatry. Every sin that we're practicing, we're loving that more than we love Jesus. And the dictionary definition I've just gave, I've just given you, it's voluntarily, voluntary our willful sexual intercourse between a married man and and a partner other than their lawful spouse. So in the spiritual sense, as the bride of Christ, we commit spiritual adultery when our heart goes after other lovers, when we live in sin, when we practice sin, and when we love anything more than we love him. And, you know, Jesus expanded the meaning of adultery to include lust. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus said, whoever looks upon a woman, or you could say looks upon a man with lust in his heart, uh, he's already committed adultery in his heart. So you could include pornography in that. So when you look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. The Ten Commandments forbid adultery, forbid sexual sin. In in the Ten Commandments in Exodus Exodus 2014, it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. And when, we, when we're committing adultery, we have other gods before him. Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as, as idolatry. Under the Mosaic law, if a couple was caught uh, in the act of sexual sin and adultery, uh, they were to be killed. Deuteronomy 22.22 22 says, if a man is found lying with a woman married to a, her, to to a husband, then they shall both both of them shall die. 
both the man the man that lay with the woman and the woman so shall thou put away evil from Israel. So there were to be stoned. Adultery plays havoc with uh, personal and domestic and and national sin. And the and case in point would be a good example would be the King David. You know the story. Um, it says when kings were supposed to go out to war, he stayed back and he looked next door and he saw Bathsheba taking a bath and he took her to be his. He took her and had sex with her and got her pregnant. And then when she when he found out she was pregnant, um, Uriah was off to battle. So David tried to get Uriah to come and spend the night with Bathsheba so he could say the baby was uh, his, but he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't leave his troops. And so because David uh, wasn't able to to get him to have sex with Bathsheba, then um, David told his men to put him on the front line and then to draw back. And so he really had him murdered. And then that's in Second Samuel 11. Now Nathan the prophet came to him, uh, to David, accusing him of this sin. And declaring that because of David's sin, violence would be commonplace in David's household. Second Samuel twelve, ten says, "Now therefore, the word shall never depart from the house. I'm sorry, the sword shall never depart from the house because thou hast despised and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife." And so there's just one disaster after in, after another. You know, his son Amnon uh, raped his daughter Tamar. And then uh, Absalom, his other son, because of this, he had uh, Amnon killed. And then in the story, you see how Absalom revolted and even tried to kill his own father, David. So one disaster after another struck the family. Rape, murder, revolt, Second Samuel twelve thirteen, And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also has put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Now, God forgave David, but there was repercussions of even after he forgave, forgave him, there was repercussions uh, upon his family. Second Samuel twelve fourteen says, How be it? Because... By this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child that, that is about to be born unto thee shall surely die. So the, son, the, the child that he had with Bathsheba died. Adultery reaches ep- epidemic proportions in Israel. And Jeremiah the prophet, he spoke against the sin of adultery, and also spoke against other sin. In Jeremiah 7, 9 through 10, it says, Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and offer sacrifices to Baal? And, you know, Baal is, uh, was a false god, but that could, that could represent any sin that you're bowing your knee to. And that could be one of the roots to knee problems is bowing your knee to Baal. You know, food could be Baal in your life. It's a sacrifice to Baal and walk after other gods 
that you have not known, then come and stand before me in the house, which is called by my name, and say we're delivered. We see this in church all the time. People say, well, because I'm saved by grace, I can just live any old way I want to. Well, Galatians uh, 5 says you can't do the things that you want to do. But there are people that stand up and say, I'm delivered because I've, I've been saved or because I'm saved by grace. I don't have to obey the word of God. You know, we obey to be saved. We don't obey to be saved. We obey because we are saved. And we see this in the easy grace teaching. And we thank God it is all by his grace. It says, you stand in, in my house, it's called by my name, and, we, and you say we're delivered, that you, may, that you may do all these abominations. And the problem was so rampant in, at this time that even the prophets were, of Jerusalem were guilty of it. In Jeremiah twenty three fourteen, it says, also among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen a horrible thing. The, the committing of adultery and walking in falsehood. And they strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turned from his sin. And we see this, uh, we see this in, in a lot of the prophets today, that they basically they're just telling your fortune. They're not telling you to repent of your sin. You know, every prophet in the word of God uh, preached against sin, and you just don't hear that anymore. And that's why the state of the church is so... Uh, so bad right now here in America. It says they strengthen the hands of evildoers because they weren't preaching repentance so that no one turned away from his wickedness. All of them have become to me like Sodom and the inhabitants like Gomorrah. And then Jeremiah preached God's judgment on them. In Jeremiah twenty three fifteen. it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord of the God of hosts, Concerning the prophets, behold, I'm going to feed them with wormwood and make them drink poisonous water. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, pollution has gone forth and into all of the land. You know, occasionally um, God compares um, a relationship with a woman and her husband or a man and his wife uh, to his relationship uh, with his people. And when the people of Israel and Judah refused to obey him and their hearts went after false gods, then they were accused of adultery. And, you know, we see this pattern all through the Old Testament that when the children of Israel were being obedient, God blessed them, he protected them, he defeated their enemies. But the minute they turned back from following him, then he allowed them to be sold into slavery, killed, destroyed, destruction came. Uh, in the, the theme uh, in the book of Judges, you see in the book of Judges and, and other places in the Bible that in the book of Judges, uh, they would go after when God gave them a judge, they would they would be obedient as long as the judge was alive, the judge would die. And then they would begin to worship their idols. And then God would cause their enemies to sell them into slavery. And then they would be tortured in slavery or uh, overworked in slavery or whatever And then they'd cry out to the Lord And he'd have mercy on them He would raise up another king to deliver them And then when that king was uh, there They would be obedient And then um, the minute the king died They would go back to worship in their false gods And you see this all through the book of 
all through the book of uh, Judges, and all really basically all through the Word of God. You know, when we obey the Lord, He blesses us, and when we disobey, He disciplines every son whom He loves, and He allows the demons to discipline us. Jeremiah 3, 6 says, The Lord said also unto thee, The Lord said also unto me, In the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen what backsliding Israel has done? She's gone up upon every high mountain And under every green tree And has played the harlot Because they would worship false gods up on the mountain up on the high, on the high hill, Jeremiah three eight, and saw for all this cause whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery and put her away, and even God gave her a right uh, a bill of divorce. Now backsliding is one of the main causes of back problems. Turning your back on the Lord. Backsliding means that you're walking with God And all of a sudden you decide you don't walk with God And you get into some kind of sin And you turn your back on God And so if you've got back problems And you're listening to this message Think has there been any time that you backslid And then you need to break soul ties With whoever you backslid with And of course always break soul ties Because through soul ties They get a part A person you have a soul tie with Gets a part of you and you get a part of them and so the record of uh, the woman taken in adultery really shows you the grace and the wisdom of Jesus. In, in John 8, 3, it says the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the, and having set her in the center of the court. And they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you think? What do you say? In John 8, 6, they were saying this, testing him so that they might have grounds to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger, wrote in the ground. And, you know, I would like to know what he wrote. I don't know that. But he wrote in the ground. In verse 7, it says, but when they had persisted in asking him he straightened up and he said to them he who's without sin among you let him throw the first stone verse 8 again he stooped down and wrote on the ground when they heard it they began to go one by one beginning with the oldest and he was left alone and the woman where she was was in the center of the court And straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Now, when Jesus said this, he wasn't wasn't excusing her sin. He was forgiving her, but telling her to go and sin no more. And if you're listening to this message and you've been into sexual sin, you need to ask God to forgive you. You need to break soul ties with everyone you've sinned with. um, And you need to go and sin no more. The consequences 
of adultery, spiritual adultery and physical adultery, is that you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you'll go to hell. You won't go to heaven. The Apostle Paul cataloged a series of sins that, that excluded a person from the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. And you see the church is deceived because many people think it's okay. They'll say, you know, I'm spirit-filled and I'm shacking up. A lot of them don't admit they're doing that, but they are. And you're not spirit if you're filled with the wrong spirit. It's called the spirit of lust. It says, it says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, and there's physical drunkards and spiritual drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, shall inherit the kingdom of God, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the spirit of our God. In other words, you used to be those things, but if you're if you're really born again, you're not doing those things anymore. Fornication is sexual intercourse between uh, partners who are not married to each other. And the word for immoral in the following verses means fornication. And here are some biblical warnings against sexual sin. We're not to be sexually involved, sexually immoral, nor are we to associate with a so-called believer who is in the sexual sin or who is uh, an idolater. In 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11, or in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul turned a man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh because he was having sex with his mother-in-law. I think later on in a few chapters later, The man repented, but he turned him over to Satan um, so that his soul would be saved. 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, it says, I wrote to you my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not at all mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or the covetous or swindlers or with idolaters, for then you'd have to go out of the world. But actually, I wrote to you not to associate with a so-called brother if he should be um, a a sexually immoral person or covetous or idolater or reviler or drunkard or a swindler, not to even eat a meal with such a one. Because when you eat a meal, you know, every time there was a covenant made, there was always a meal. And so it bonds you to that person and to their demons. And what's so sad is in churches today... um, this is allowed even when they know somebody is living in sin it's allowed and god tells us not to even eat a meal with such a one and the way it affects us is through soul ties and through soul ties you get the demons of whoever you have a soul tie with god tells us to flee sexual immorality and to not even eat a meal with a person who is sexually and this is not talking about worldly people this is talking about um so-called believers because you'd have to go out of the world but it's not to be that way with believers i was attending a big baptist church in in um in dallas 
and I had a friend whose husband was a deacon of this church, and her husband was committing adultery. And I went to the pastor, and I said, Pastor, you're, you need to turn this man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. He's committing adultery, and he's a deacon of, in the church. And the pastor said, well, I'd have to turn the whole church over to, Satan, over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. And that pastor later on died with a brain tumor. You know, there's a, there's a stricter judgment on a teacher, but God wants us to exercise church discipline when necessary. And we're to flee sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin that a man, or you could say, or a woman commits is outside the body. But the sexually moral man or woman sins against his own body. And just two ways that I can tell you it affects your body. When women are in a sexual sin, and even men, it affects, uh, like with a woman, it can cause female problems, can cause, um, also cause problems in a male, can cause prostate cancer and prostate problems. You know, also prostate problems in men can be caused because he's married with a wife and he's not getting all the sex he thinks he needs, and so he gets bitter toward her. That's one thing. And wives, if you're a wife, if you're withholding sex from your husband, the Bible warns you not to do that in First Corinthians chapter seven. And sometimes men are into pornography, and because of that. Um, the wives don't want to have sex with them because it makes them feel unclean. I've went, had women tell me that because their husband's into pornography, they're always into masturbation too. They can't be satisfied with normal stuff. It's got to be perverted and twisted. And so the Satanists make the pornography. And so a lot of these people, especially children that you see in pornography, They've been captured by the Satanists. And when you're into pornography, if you don't repent, it's going to drag you down to hell. In fact, put you down into every sewer of the world. And it's, it's a hard thing to break, but God says don't set evil before your eyes. And, and there's curses spoken over people that are into pornography. They can never break loose. There's yokes. There's demonic yokes. There's curses against a person's health, their family curses against their finances and so it's just uh very destructive and so don't set your eyes on evil david said that i'll walk in my house in integrity and not set anything unclean before my eyes and you know let me just tell you that it also includes um, these movies that people are watching on tv don't you think that because a lot of hollywood are into satanism they're into pedophiles don't you think they have an agenda? And you can actually get demons watching these programs. So the scripture says to take care of how you listen because to him who has more will be given, but to him who thinks he has, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. You know, there was a lady in Michigan. She um, asked me to pray for her. She said she'd had surgery in, on some part of her private parts, but I don't remember what it was. And she said, I've been in terrible pain ever since. And I said, have you ever been into sexual sin? And she said, yes. And so I led her to just repent of every sexual relationship she'd ever had. And I told her to just do that between her and God because I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear the details of it. So when she got through repenting, she told me, and I broke soul ties, led her in repentance. 
and the pain left her private parts. So sexual sin will send you to hell. And unless there's repentance from sexual immorality, people will not inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5, 5 says, For this you know with certainty, that no sexually immoral or impure person or covetous man, that's wanting something that someone else has, who is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of God in Christ. The next thing, sexually immoral people will be judged by God's law. And uh, Dorothy, if you'll read uh, Galatians 5.16 through 5.19 for me, please. Yes. Okay. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Keep reading. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions. Keep reading. Oh, is it? that was up to 20. Do you want me to go further? I'll just tell you what. It says those who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And notice uh, up probably verse 18 or thereabout, it says those who walk in the spirit are not under the law. So you could say whoever doesn't walk in the spirit is under the law. And the way we walk in the spirit is to not deny our flesh. Um, Jesus said, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so um, so if we're walking in the Spirit through denying ourselves, there is no law. But there is a law if we're not walking in the Spirit. We come back under the law. And First Timothy 1.8 says, but we know this, that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly, for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers and sexually immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. And so that's any sin. And so to to illustrate, if if you li- say you live in Los Angeles, California, and you're driving the speed limit, you're not under the laws of Los Angeles if you drive the speed limit. But say the speed limit is uh, 60 and you're driving 61, you come back under the law. They won't catch you when you do that, probably. In fact, probably most people drive probably a 90, I would guess. Uh, but anyway, so... You can drive to a city and you obey the the laws of that city, but until you, so you're not under their law until you break the law. And so you and I are not under God's law until we break God's law. 
and God tells us that love is the fulfillment of um, all the commandments are summed up in this one saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. And so um, so the law is for everyone, everything, that, basically any sin that people are practicing are committing. And, of course, thank God for the scripture because Jesus died that we can be forgiven. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And repentance means to change your mind. It means you're going one direction and you turn around and go the direct God's direction. You're going your way, but you turn and go God's way. And then Esau had uh, lost his birthright because he, for a, a pot of soup, Hebrews twelve sixteen says, see to it that there not be any, that no be no sexually immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. Sexually immoral people will experience the lake of fire, and you know you could look that up in the Greek, and that's hell. It says they will experience the lake of fire, but with, I'm sorry, with the lake that, with fire. Let me back this up. Sexually immoral people will experience the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 21.8 says, But for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and sexually immoral people and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And then sexually immoral people will be outside of heaven. Revelation twenty-two fifteen says outside of the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. And you can say, you know, but, but, but I've accepted Jesus. Well, the Bible says the devil and his demons believe. So they tremble. The scripture always also says that there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. The more I walk with God, the more I see that his way becomes more narrow and he doesn't put more on us than we can take. But he expects obedience. He expects us to love him with our whole heart and not put other things before him. In Numbers 5, there's a curse of the law of jealousy. And I'm just going to paraphrase it, but I encourage you to read Numbers 5. It's talking about physical adultery. If a man thought his wife was committing spiritual adultery, physical adultery, he would take her to the priest, and the priest would take some dirt off of the temple floor, and it was very filthy dirt because that's where they killed and slaughtered the animals. And he'd mix it with water, make her drink it, and if she was guilty of committing uh, adult physical adultery, then her stomach would swell, a thigh would waste away, and she would be bitter and barren. And um, so just read that. But it, it's the curse of the law of jealousy. I remember I was teaching a seminar once, and a little girl uh, came up to me, and she said, oh, my leg hurts. And I just taught on Numbers 15. And so I led her to break general. She was too young to ascend. And um, I, I, I um, led her to for forgive her forefathers because her forefathers were very perverted <clears throat> and so I led her <clears throat> in a prayer to forgive them and broke generational curses and her leg was healed the pain left now in, <clears throat> excuse me in Ezekiel sixteen thirty four, it's talking about spiritual adultery 
uh, Ezekiel 1634 it says, thus that thus you are different from those women in your harlotries that no one plays the harlot as you do because you give money and no money is given to you. Thus you are different. In other words, he's saying you're, you're a spiritual harlot and a, a physical harlot. She gets paid for what she does, but a spiritual harlot pays her lovers. And if you, I mean, if you can identify with what I've gone through is when you make an idol out of another person, you just do, you just break your neck to please them. You, you buy them gifts, you babysit for them, you give them money, you change your schedule for them. I mean, you're jumping through their hoops and they turn on you every time because God says he loves you so much. He's not going to allow you to commit uh, spiritual adultery. He says, you're not like a, a normal harlot because you pay your lovers. A normal harlot gets paid for what she does. Verse 35, therefore, O harlot, and speaking of spiritual adultery, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your lewdness was poured out and your nakedness uncovered through your harlotries with your lovers and with all your detestable idols, and because of the blood of your sons, which you gave to idols. You see, the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation, and what I do affects my children. Ezekiel sixteen thirty seven. Therefore, behold, I will gather all your lovers with you whom you have took pleasure in, even all whom you loved and all those who you hated. So I will gather them against you from every direction and expose your nakedness. To them that they may see all your nakedness So you see they don't have any spiritual clothes on Thus I will judge you like women who commit adultery In other words I'm judging you like the woman in Numbers 5 Who commits physical adultery Or shed blood or judge And I will bring on you the blood of wrath and jealousy I will also give you into the hands of your lovers And they will tear down your shrines Demolish your High places Strip you of your clothing Take away your jewels And will leave you naked and bare So no clothes on Ezekiel 16:40. They will incite a crowd against you And they will stop you And I'm sorry They will stone you And cut you to pieces With their swords They will burn your houses with fire And execute judgments on you In the sight of many women then I will stop you from playing the harlot, and you will also no longer pay your lovers. You know, God uses pain to bring us to repentance. If we're wise, the scripture says if we're a fool, you can pound a fool in a pestle along with crushed grain, but his folly will not depart from him. But a wise person will receive that discipline and will change. And so notice that they were they didn't have their, they were stripped of their clothing. <clears throat> Matthew 22 verse 2 says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent out slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. 
in verse 4. And again, he sent out his sent out other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited to come. Behold, I have I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatted livestock are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they were not but no one paid attention and went on their way, one to his farm, other to his business. And in, in Luke gives you the same accounting in Luke 14. says, then one married a wife. They were all too busy. Verse 6, and the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. But the king was enraged, and he sent out his armies to destroy those murderers and set their cities on fire. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered together all that they found, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. But when the king came in to look over the dinner guests, he saw a man there without, not dressed in wedding clothes. And it, so, so he didn't have any clothes on, wedding clothes. And he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without wedding clothes? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to him, to his servants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, that place where there's reaping and gnashing of teeth. For there are many called, but few chosen. You see, God says, without holiness, no man's going to see God. The scripture says, no idolater will enter the kingdom of God. And so we have God's spiritual clothes on. And, you know, if you could see like angels and demons, you know, in the physical, you see we all are we dressed up in church and we all have uh, clothes, nice clothes for church. But in the spirit realm, Holy angels and demons, these, we might be sitting there naked in the spirit. And God says love covers a multitude of sins. And, of course, loving God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and body is to put away idolatry. For many call, but few, few chosen. So when we love anything more than we love the Lord, we commit in spiritual idolatry. And, you know, People that get into sexual sin, they have kids that are born illegitimately. And um, it's devastating to a child that's born illegitimately because they hear in the womb that they're not wanted. Um, A lot of times when they're illegitimate, their uh, parents are on drugs or alcohol or perversion uh, or drinking. And so they're conceived in sin. Because of that, they're born with a spirit of rebellion, a spirit of shame because they're conceived in shame. A spirit of rejection. The scripture says in Deuteronomy that an illegitimate child cannot enter, person cannot enter the sanctuary of the Lord, and that's a spiritual place more real than the building that you're sitting in, or if you're in a car driving, listening to this message, um, it's more real than that because it's it is a spiritual place. And praise God when you forgive your parents for conceiving you illegitimately, you can be brought into that spiritual place through forgiving 
uh, the curse of illegitimacy goes 10 generations, 10 generations. And it's about, don't quote me, this might not be correct, it's almost so, 2,044 fathers. And if it's not broken, it just lives another day. And a person that's illegitimate is born with a spirit of lust. In other words, for saying it is a curse of the bastard. A lot of times when parents are in sexual sin and then they have a baby, and even if they get married, that child can have some physical infirmities uh, deformities because of the sins of the parents. A lot of times that, that, that happens. And also incest is when you're violated by a family member or a blood family member. That curse goes 10 generations. And so the way you get the curse of incest broken is to forgive those that sexually molested you, forgive your parents for not protecting you, and then break soul ties and then forgive. And you can be free of that. And then you need to break soul ties with every person you've sinned with because through soul ties you get a piece or a part of whoever you have a soul tie with. A soul tie can be connected like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, like a chain, depending on the depth of sin that you've committed with that person. Through soul ties, you can get people's familiar spirits. If you're into sexual sin, women get the DNA of whoever they have a sex they have sex with. Um, you, so you have soul ties with every person that you sin with, and you can have yokes if they've controlled you. But praise God, all this can be broken. And I encourage you to go and listen to the teaching on Dorothy's in Dorothy's Carruther Blog Talk Radio in the archives. There's a teaching there on soul ties to give you a greater understanding of it. And if you've been a person that's been into sexual sin, go and sin no more. Stop it. Turn from it and make sure you're born again. Being born again means God takes everything that you believe in your head and brings it down in your heart and transforms your heart and gives you a new heart. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And so God does not tolerate sexual sin because there's repercussions of it. And then break soul ties and break the yokes. And so I'm just going to pray with you. And uh, and I encourage you, if you've been into sexual sin, um, it, it's hard on the radio to lead people in repentance. When I teach a, a meeting live, uh, I give people time to repent. And so even after you get off of this program, you need to make a list if you, of the people that you've had sex with, people that have violated you. Uh, if you've been into bestiality with animals, you need to ask God to forgive you for all those instances. If you looked at pornography, repent of those times. Forgive whoever you've been sexually involved with. Ask God to forgive you and break soul ties and then go and sin no more. And so, um, and then present your body to God as a living sacrifice. Um, You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Ask God to cleanse you by the blood of Jesus. And so even after you go home, um, or maybe you're already at home, but when you but uh, make a list of all the people that you've sinned with and break soul ties with them, so you can get um, a better deliverance. And so I'm just going to lead you in prayer, Lord. Forgive me for physical adultery. 
God, forgive me for spiritual adultery. Forgive me for loving anything more than I've loved you. God, forgive me for being addicted to sex. God, forgive me for um, adult, physical adultery that would cause my stomach to swell, my thigh to waste away, me to be bitter and barren. And even though I'm not, I've had children, I can be spiritually barren. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. God, forgive me for um, saying that I'm delivered, that I can live any way I want to. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself and take up my cross and follow you. God, I ask you to forgive me for defiling myself with idols. Forgive me for expectations. Forgive me for fear. God, forgive me for anger at people that don't live up to my expectations, which is idolatry. Forgive me for fear that I won't have what I think I ought to have. And then if I have it, forgive me for fear of losing it. Forgive me for being discouraged. Forgive me for being depressed. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness and being bitter and resentment. Forgive me for playing a harlot. Forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for adultery. Forgive me for lusting. Forgive me for masturbation, looking at pornography, not setting my eyes on evil. Breaking your commandments. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. I ask that you cause the eyes of my heart to be enlightened. Lord, I just loose upon each person that hears this message, the fear of the Lord, the conviction of sin, and a spirit of repentance. Forgive me for sitting under false prophets, sitting under teaching that doesn't conform me to godliness, Thank you, God, for your mercy. Lord, I choose to go and sin no more. I pray, God, that you show me all the reasons why I get angry, why I get fearful, why I get depressed, because it's all idolatry. Lord, any sin that I that I have uh, practiced is idolatry. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to remove the repercussions off of my children. Forgive me for setting a bad example for my children. Forgive me for listening to false prophets. Forgive me for backsliding, turning my back on you. Forgive me for sinning against my body, which has opened me up to female problems and uh, prostate problems and uh, physical problems. Forgive me for apostasy, turning my back on you. Forgive me for just having a religious spirit, just dealing with my outward appearance and not my heart issues. And Lord, I've been being stoned, not by regular stones, but I get stoned by demons because of sin. 
Lord, I ask you to have mercy upon me. I confess my sin. I thank you that you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Forgive me for being deceived. God, forgive me for um, unrighteousness. Forgive me for fornication, adultery, bestiality. Forgive me for being deceived. Forgive me for uh, effeminate masculine women, effeminate men. Forgive me for homosexuality, for being covetous, <laughs> for being a spiritual drunk and a physical drunk, for being a swindler, a reviler. God, I ask you to forgive me and have mercy on me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for fornication. <clears throat> forgive me for associating with so-called believers that are sexually immoral, covetous, and idolatrous. I break soul ties with every so-called believer that I've fellowshiped with that has um, opened me up to soul ties through condoning sin. Forgive me for not fleeing sexual immorality. Lord, I genuinely repent. Forgive me for breaking your law, not walking in the spirit. And thank you that law is not made for a righteous person, but for lawless people. Forgive me for being lawless and rebellious. Forgive me for not being willing to deny myself. Forgive me for being just like Esau. Forgive me, just give for. God, forgive me for just giving eye servants service to you. Forgive me for being a hypocrite. And, Lord, if I'm not born again, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I invite your Holy Spirit to possess my body, drive out every evil evil demon. And, Lord, I want to be born again. I want to be a new creation in Christ. Forgive me for breaking the curse of the law of jealousy. I break that off every person that's listening. It would cause their stomach to swell, their thigh to waste away. Forgive me for spiritual adultery that would cause you to strip off my clothing, leave me naked and bare, take my jewels, burn my house with fire. Forgive me for paying my lovers. Lord, I ask you to clothe me with the robes of righteousness. I want to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. God, forgive me for my sin, which would cause you to tear down my shrines, demolish my high places, strip me of my clothing, take away my jewels, and leave me naked and bare. And you to incite a crowd against me, have people turn on me, and me to be stoned with spiritual stones and cut to pieces. And burn my houses down and execute judgments on me. Lord, forgive me for being too busy. Forgive me for not being willing to um, come to your marriage supper. Forgive me for saying I'm too busy. 
sorry, God. Forgive me for not spending time with you. Forgive me for prayerlessness, distraction from your word. In Jesus' name, Lord, I repent of whatever else that you've shown me. In Jesus' name, and I come against every demonic spirit. I break soul ties with every person that you've shown them, Lord, that they've had sex with or who's violated them or who they've looked at in pornography. Soul ties with animals, soul ties with people, soul ties with every person you've shown them, demonic soul ties. Lord, thank you for good soul ties, but we're breaking demonic soul ties. We call back their soul and human spirit from them. Send back their souls and human spirits back to them. Exchange their image for the image of Christ. Now, we're not sending back the Holy Spirit, but there's a human spirit born in your body. It's the human spirit. Um, There's a scripture, and I don't know where it says, but it says, I pray that your whole um, body, soul, and spirit will be preserved blameless into the day of the Lord Jesus. It's talking about the human spirit. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask you to cleanse them from all defilement. I cut and break all soul ties. I command every demonic spirit to leave them now. Spiritual adultery, physical adultery, homosexuality has to go. Wanton spirits, lewdness, lust has to go. And fornication has to go. Adultery spirits have to go. Lust has to go. I break every curse of incest, every curse of illegitimacy. And, Lord, I bring them into the sanctuary of the Lord. In Jesus' name, and I put all of that under the blood of Jesus, break soul ties with their forefathers, the perversion in their bloodline, command all all um, familiar spirits of perversion to leave them now. Masturbation spirits have to go. Sodomy, oral sex, anal sex has to go now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to clothe them with robes of righteousness, and I ask you to cleanse them from all defilement by the blood of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Take a deep breath. The word spirit means breath, so just let it go in Jesus' name. Give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he he will flee. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I ask you to bring down your kingdom upon him in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Now pray with me, Lord. Fill me with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, Meekness and self-control in Jesus' name. If you want prayer, call 646-595-4784 and don't forget to press 1. And I'll just tell you while I'm waiting, I'll just tell you a little bit about the ministry. If you uh, can help to support the ministry, we'd appreciate it. You can go onto my website, jerrymcgee.com. And that's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com. And we meet on Blog Talk Radio the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8. So I encourage you to invite your friends to listen. And um, uh, there's a Duncanville meeting the first Saturday in December. And I'm, pray, I'm praying about moving it to Corsicana, Texas. So that's not definite, but I think I may be doing that. And if so, it'll probably be in January 2020. And um, if you'll go on my website and sign up for my, my um, email, I'll be sending out notifications. 
send out daily thoughts of encouragement. If you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's lowercase g-e-r-i-m-c-g-h-e-e at sbcglobal.net. Email me, and I, if I can help you, you can email me, and I'll answer your email. Um, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp uh, November 28th through December 1st. 2019 and that's a good place to go to get uh, prayer get the more deliverance uh, we have prayer teams that pray for people every morning very in, very inexpensive to go but you can go to lake hamilton biblecamp.com and get all the information i encourage you to come and um anyway um the Duncanville meeting is, is uh, the first Saturday in December 2019. If you'd like to be on my email list, if you'll just sign up or just email me, I'll add you to the email list. And I encourage you to support this blog talk radio. You can support um, Dorothy Carruthers um, at D for Dorothy, Churchy, one at hotmail.com. And if I can be a help to you or a blessing to you, just email me. And uh, there's things that you can order on, online, uh, books that I've written. Uh, I'll, I'll refer to one in particular as Clearing the Land. Uh, in that book is, is Prayers to Pray to Break uh, Generational Curses. All the Bible curses are listed. And I've had people tell me they can actually get delivered. Uh, I've written another book that you can order online. It's called drunkenness is it a blessing or a curse uh there's one on um resetting life's negative reaping patterns we all have things to reap good and bad but it it shows you how to change your bad reaping to good i've written a book on grief and i encourage you to order those books it helps us and if you can support us we appreciate it and so there's a place on my website jerrymcgee.com where you can send a gift by paypal and um, anyway, if I can be a blessing to you, let me know. And um, if nobody has called in, I just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. Thank you. 